Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. In today's episode, we are talking about the new F word. That's right. We're talking about flexibility. We are going to discuss four different areas of teaching that you're going to have to be flexible with this year, and we're going to give you some strategies to help embrace that flexibility. But first, let's go ahead and hear from Lisa on her TSH or time-sucking hurdle. So Lisa says, planning during the uncertainty. Girl, we totally understand you. Do I plan for in-person, virtual, or hybrid? How is it similar? How is it different? It's all of the things. Lisa, we completely understand and we agree with you, but I think this episode is really going to help you embrace being flexible. Yeah, Lisa, I definitely understand trying to do all of the things and trying to plan for the unknown. But the reality is you can't always plan for the unknown. That's why it's the unknown. So what we're going to talk about today is how to shift gears. So how to use what you're already doing and just kind of adapt it and make it work with the things that are constantly changing. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a story to tell you, Michelle, um, and for all of you that are listening, of course. But I was I've been teaching in person for it's been the second week now. And um, during one of our in-service days, we had some professional development that we were attending and it was through Zoom. So we're literally all in our classrooms and we're all Zooming with everyone in the building for this PD. And the PD to me was actually really good. I was really stoked. I was excited about it because we were talking about what would happen if we had to go virtual. So what would virtual learning look like for us when we're already right now in person. So I was like, okay, I appreciate this. I appreciate them trying to give us a little bit of information so then that way, if we're thrown into the world of virtual learning, I have some sort of an idea, right? I can kind of start wrapping my brain around it. Well, after the PD was done, I walk over into one of my um, team teacher's rooms and I'm sitting there talking with her and somebody else walks in, one of the teachers walks in. And the first things out of this teacher's mouth is... That was a complete waste of time. I can't believe we had to do that. And I'm like just sitting there and I'm kind of looking and thinking. And I think everybody was kind of silent. It was like that moment where like crickets start to kind of happen. And we're all like, what? And I just kind of didn't say anything at that moment because I felt like I was probably not going to be very nice. And then the other my teacher like chimed in and she was like, well, I thought it was actually a really good thing that we they were trying to help us to get an idea. So it's just it's really interesting how everyone's taking the information that's being given to them and they're either making it into a truly positive thing or a negative thing. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I think sometimes we don't even want to think about the things that are changing because it's just too stressful. But the reality is we have to think about it so that when it changes, we can be flexible and adapt so that we're better prepared. We can't just push it out of our brain and say, you know what, I'm not even going to worry about that because the reality is it might actually end up changing. Like Bridget might end up going online. In fact, Bridget and I have a bet going. Can I tell him about the bet? Go ahead. You can tell him. So this bet has been going on since, I don't know, June or July. When Bridget first found out that they were going back in person, we were going for a walk. And I said, I think you will be virtual at some point before the end of the calendar year. So basically before winter break. So we'll see who wins. Um, But 
if I win, well, if whoever wins, they have to, or we're going to have dinner together over winter break, uh, hopefully, so long as it's safe. And the loser has to buy the other person dinner. So looking Deal. forward to that. <laughs> Deal. All right. We're going to start with school and district requirements. I think this is probably the biggest area where we are being forced to be flexible this year. I shared a little bit about this in our last episode, but I want to bring it up again. We have to record our Google Meet lessons. So we are teaching live for about three hours per day, and we have to record those lessons and post them in Google Classroom at the end of the day so any students who couldn't attend the live instruction can go back and watch it or students who just need to review something. However, that sounds great in theory, but then they're like, oh, but students have to give permission or rather the parents have to give permission. And everyone's going to have to fill out this form. And if they don't fill it out, then you can't record them. So they have to keep their cameras off and their microphones off. And then we're like, well, hold on. What if they unmute themselves or turn their camera on? And they're like, well, just give them a warning. And it's just a hot mess. And then they start saying, well, you also could pre-record the lessons. And I'm thinking, how am I supposed to pre-record three hours worth of lessons every single day? Like, that's not feasible. And I started getting really stressed out about this. I'm just going to be honest. I started having those feelings where I'm like, why am I even teaching this year? This isn't fun. My favorite part of teaching the students aren't even here. Like I don't get to actually interact with them in person. Like this isn't worth it. And then I realized, okay, me sitting here complaining about it isn't helping. It's not going to do anything to fix it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of tough love. If you are not in control of the situation, you need to be flexible and adapt in order to make it work instead of just complaining about it. It makes me think back to when I was in, I guess, elementary school, but I felt like I saw this from elementary all the way up to high school on posters in my teacher's classrooms. It always said, don't make excuses, make improvements. And even though it's like a super cheesy, like, oh yeah, don't make excuses. I feel like I truly internalized that. And it's something that comes up in my head a lot where instead of just going, oh, well, I can't do this. It's too hard. And making excuses for myself, I need to make improvements. So Bridget, what can we do to make improvements in this situation? Yeah, girl, I really like that quote. And in my head, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if she would like make something super pretty so that I can have that quote like in my classroom because it's so nice. But here's the thing, guys, we have to start to find systems that really work for us. And I know like on this podcast, we talk about systems so many times and it's because they really do work for us. And so one of the things that I have been kind of trying to do in and, and being flexible is really trying to think about what can I do now to start preparing for virtual teaching. So my examples are, is that I'm teaching in person, right? But I'm one-to-one in my school. So why would I try to do paper assignments when I want to prepare learners for doing something virtual? So I tell the kids often, I say, guys, you know, we're going to treat this almost as a drill, think of it as a fire drill, think of it as, you know, a weather drill, intruder drill. We're going to do virtual learning as a drill. And so periodically we practice different things. Like we've been practicing going on Zoom calls with one another during like our our afternoon times. Uh, we've been practicing doing Zoom calls and then breakouts on top of that. Um, but all of our assignments are going to be virtual. Um, they're online. And I want them to get used to that because when, if 
I tell the kids, if we're not yet, but if we were to go virtual, you already know how to go in and submit your assignments. You're going to know exactly where to go to find out what the agenda looks like for today. So that's another thing that I've been really working and getting my kids used to is they come in in the mornings and they look for the agenda. Well, old school style, what would we teachers do? We would have our agendas up on the whiteboard. Not anymore. I place it in Schoology, which is my learner management system, and I'm forcing my students to get used to going in and looking at the agenda online. So then that way, while they're at home, if we're at home, they have the ability, they already know exactly where they should be going to figure out what the assignments are for the day. So little tweaks here and there, I'm kind of starting to make now um, just to be prepared and also to build that flexibility in with my students, right? Because I don't wanna have, you know, 19 emails if we were to go virtual of, where do I find this assignment at? Yeah, and even though that's probably a little bit of a pain right now, it's going to end up being worth it Mm -hmm. if, and hopefully you do go virtual, so you have to buy me dinner (laughs) in the future, (laughs) your life will be easier. So going back to my issue with recording Google Meets and how that was just a hot mess to try to keep track of, I said, okay, I'm not gonna complain about it. I need to find something that works for me. So I actually created a just one sheet spreadsheet within Google Sheets. I just said sheets like three times in a row and now the word sounds weird. Hopefully you all know what I'm talking about. And on that one page spreadsheet, I put first of all a to-do section. So I have all these things that I'm trying to remember. Like I have to record my morning lesson. I have to record all these different things. I have to take attendance and I have to take attendance again in the afternoon. So I created a to-do list with all of those things. And in Google Sheets, you can add a checkbox to a cell so then you can easily check it off. Then underneath, I created checkboxes for attendance for each of my two different groups of kids. So I have like my block one students listed out, my block two students listed out, and I have those checkboxes. So as they pop on Google Meet, I can check them off. And then next to that, I have my list of students who can't be recorded. So I actually started checking them off as their permission slips were coming in. I'm down to only two students who haven't filled it out yet, but that's helping me just keep everything organized. And then while I'm teaching virtually, I have my iPad in front of me and I use my Apple Pencil and I just check them off. And then at the end of the day, I uncheck the boxes and I'm ready to go for the next day. So that's what I've been doing to kind of overcome that. So let's go into the next area where we really have to work to be flexible. And that area is going to be lesson plans. We really do have to be flexible with lesson plans, but I think more than we ever have before, because even when we planned during normal times, I mean, we had to make changes, right? We had to adjust as we started to see that kids were getting it or not getting it. But now we're almost looking at it in a different way. We almost have to kind of see it in, I have to be prepared with my lesson plans to go one way or the other, whether it's virtual, hybrid, or in-person. And so one of the things that I've been really working on doing is leveraging technology while I'm in person. And so what I mean by that is that I have the device, right? Majority of districts right now, which is amazing, have devices and they're ready to go virtual if they have to. 
And I'm really looking at how to build my lessons there. And so that way it makes it so much easier that if I have to transition and to go more virtual for me, um, I can very easily do that. Another thing that I've been working on doing is I create little snippets, little video snippets. It's just a screencast. I like to use the, an, an app called Explain Everything. It's one of my favorites. And all I do is I screen record my iPad screen and I talk through a lesson and I give examples and I'll post it up into Schoology for students to be able to use as I just need a reference. I need a refresher on how to do this so they can go back into Schoology and be able to pull that from there um, and have a lesson of me teaching a specific skill or concept. So we, we have to just kind of think about how can I change this to where it's just me up here talking um, and kind of incorporate more technology so that it can go one way or the other. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm obviously planning for all virtual, but I will say just planning out my lessons is taking longer than I thought because I have to recreate everything. I can't use the same slides I used before because they were meant for in-person teaching. So I'm creating new slides and then I'm trying to use Nearpod because I want it to be engaging for my students. But then I have to create like a student version of the slides to post in Google Classroom in case they miss the Nearpod lesson. And it's just a lot. And the reality is we've never done this before. Like this is uncharted territory. And so we have to be flexible. We are building the plane as we are flying it. I know that I mentioned this in the last podcast episode, but it really is true. So that means we have to adjust and figure out things. So Bridget, I know you told me a crazy story about technology in your classroom. Can you tell that to everyone else? What was the crazy story about technology in the classroom? <laughs> Where you were having like your your tech person had to come in and like you couldn't use your iPads. Oh my gosh, guys. I cannot believe this was a hot mess. It was one of those days where like all the things went wrong. Okay, so I have to kind of give you a little bit of an, a little backstory on this, okay? So we're one-to-one -one devices. The kids have had their iPads all summer long, which normally they turn them in at the end of the year. So that way they can like, you know, revamp them and change them and do all the things that they do to the technology over the summer. Well, we didn't do that this year. So I want you to imagine that the kids still have the iPads from last year. They're really responsible. It was great. They all came back with their iPads. Thank goodness. And we have a schedule, Michelle. So we have like legit schedule that I have to follow to the T because there can only be one class outside. There can only be one class in the hallway to go to the bathroom. So it's like very strategic and everybody has to follow it. So I remember that day my principal was going to come in and just he does like a greet at the very beginning of the year where he comes in and he talks to all of the different grade levels. And so he was in my room talking to them. And then all of a sudden, like as I'm sitting there because I'm in the front of the classroom, not my MO, but that's what I am doing this year. And I see my tech lady like walking by my door and I'm like, oh, she's like peeking in. And so my principal leaves and she like pops her head back into the doorway. She's like, hey, can I just go ahead and wipe your iPads clean and get them to redo the new self-service? I'm like, yeah, our schedule's already messed up. Who cares? It's not a big deal. And at that moment, I was like, all right, I'm already missed my bathroom break. So I'm looking online to see like when everybody else's bathrooms are to see if there's an opening for me to go to to take my kids because they can't go during the day like normal. We try to limit all of that movement. Guys, she was in my room from 9.30 all the way until 11. Lunch starts at 
It was the biggest hot mess that I had ever experienced. And here's the thing, I didn't have paper versions of stuff. Everything is online. And so I'm literally standing in the front and I'm like, all right, guys, so take out your whiteboards. Let's do like a draw. And then, so I would tell them, draw a circle in the upper right-hand corner. And then I started to do like a read aloud lesson because they were getting tired of like the directed drawing type thing. Um, And I started doing a read aloud lesson. It was just the biggest hot mess. And at the end of the day, all I could really do is just laugh. I mean- That's really all I can do at the moment. But I think what we're getting at here is the fact that you have to have these backup activities ready. Bridget went through an experience with in-person teaching, but with virtual, what are you going to do if your video conferencing suddenly isn't working? Because that very well could happen due to internet issues or just that software kind of being down for the day. So you have to have these backup activities ready that you can push out. Now, I know personally, like we're using the LMS of Google Classroom. So I could push out like a pre-recorded video or just something for my students to work on independently if that does happen. And I don't recommend having a pre-recorded lesson and like independent work for every single lesson, but maybe you have some that are like review that you could push out at any time if needed. And you know what? I'm going to put a little bit of a plug in here real fast. Plug away. Because... I'm a, I'm a plug it. So guys, if you didn't realize, if you haven't known, Michelle and I actually launched a digital planner of our own. Um, a yes, teaching, we did. It's, it's, it's a our top, baby. It is a top teacher digital planner. It is phenomenal. We put two brains together and it's just like the perfect planner that you could ever imagine. But here's the thing. What's really nice with this planner is that as you start to realize that you can't do lessons, I would always get annoyed with like paper planners because I was like, I did it in my pretty color pins and now I can't like erase and, and move it over. It's really nice in the digital planner to be able to just copy it and move it over or delete something and just push it off to the side. So that way I'm always constantly kind of keeping up and being flexible and making those changes. So we have a Google Slides version that you could just copy and paste the text. Um, Or if you are an iPad version like Michelle and I, um, you can use the Lasso tool in your uh, PDF annotation app. um, And that will allow you to move that text over very easily. Yep. I love it. It's it's already made my life so much easier. So mm-hmm. our last little tip with being flexible in terms of your lesson planning is just to be authentic with your students and their families. Be honest with them and tell them, look, things aren't going to be perfect, but I'm doing my best. Now, we're actually going to go in and talk specifically about how to be flexible with students and with parents. So let's start with students. We have to remember a above everything else that our students all have very unique situations. No two students are in the same situation. Everyone is dealing with different things. And we need to keep that in the back of our head throughout this entire process. I I mean, I could not agree with you more. And to be honest, like I'm experiencing it right now. Um, I've had kids calling out constantly because they're not feeling well. And I think we're on this like this hyper train where we get hyper focused and it's something that's simple as allergies, but it's like, oh my gosh, do I have COVID? And we start to get really stressed because it's, it's, you don't really know, right? I think we're all kind of trying to figure out like, what is this? What, why am I coughing? When in reality, it's probably just like the normal like allergies that we typically get. But I have kids that are calling out. They're gone for like days. Um, we had a student who left 
and their parents took their took their kids to South Carolina, but now they have to quarantine for 14 days. And so the kids can't control that. They can't control a decision that their parents are making. So we can't really penalize them for that. And we have to be flexible and making sure that we are also um, helping them and keeping them along with everyone else so that they don't fall behind. Yeah. So I'm going to give you all just kind of five quick ways that you can be flexible with your students. First of all, show grace. And what we mean by that is you're being an empathetic person and realizing that they can't control their situation. So if an assignment isn't turned in on time, you give them more time. If they didn't complete something the right way, you allow them to redo it. That's showing grace. The second way is to provide assignments virtually and or the recordings. So Bridget is in person, but if she has a student who's going out of town or has to quarantine, she could provide them with that virtual version of what she's doing in the classroom. And then for me, I'm posting the recordings of my lessons every day at the end of the day. So any students who couldn't be there for the live lesson have access to it. The third way is allowing flexible due dates. Once again, the F word this year is flexible. So not penalizing your students for not getting things done on your timetable because you have to understand their family is most likely functioning on a completely different timetable. The fourth way is to offer a variety of choices for assignment completion. And, you know, for Bridget, this works out great in the classroom, right? Like students might prefer to use their iPad or they might prefer to do a paper and pencil. With a computer, it's kind of hard because you only have so many options when they have to do it digitally, but it could be as simple as allowing my students to work out a math problem on paper and then they just take a picture of it with their Chromebook and post it in the assignment instead of actually trying to manipulate the slides digitally. And then the final one is to plan for makeup time for all students. So keeping in mind that, you know, students having a lot of anxiety right now is probably going to affect the way that they are completing their work. And if one of their family members has been diagnosed with COVID, they're going to be distracted. So giving them that makeup time. For me personally, we have time built in every day, actually, with our schedule. We're calling it academic flex. And it's really a time for us to individualize the instruction and give students the time that they need and reteach or provide extensions, you know, as needed. Yeah. Now let's talk about being flexible with our parents too, because this is also really important. And we have to remember that parents are really stressed right now. They're overwhelmed. They're really frustrated with the system. They're really frustrated with, you know, whether or not they are able to go work or not go to work. And they may end up taking this out on us. I have a story from back in the spring where I had a parent literally cuss me out on the phone. She cussed me out on the phone. And I know it was because she was frustrated and I was the person that called during that time. I was trying to help, but I she let it out on me, which I totally understand. But they do this and you have to remember this, okay? When that parent is cussing you out on the phone, they do this because they trust us, all right? They can feel as though they can open up with us and they feel um, vulnerable when they're around us because they do trust us. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that is so true. I think about, you know, the people that I lash out at, like Billy or sometimes Bridget. I mean, not that often, thankfully, but sometimes I do. It's because I trust them and I know that they're going to forgive me for it and they're still going to care about me, even though I messed up in that moment. And I think the parents do the same thing for us. I think ultimately we have to remember every parent wants their child to be successful. And if you keep that in the back of your head, it makes you realize that the reason they're lashing out at you 
is because they want the best for their kid and they feel like their kid isn't currently getting that. So above everything else, you have to just be authentic. Again, tell your parents that you're not going to be perfect, but ask what they need from you. So if you say, look, I understand your concerns about this. What do you need from me? What what can I better do? And the reality is we're basically doing customer service and our parents and our students are like our customers. Now, Bridget, I know you worked in customer service for a while I and I know you have some brilliant strategies for this. Yeah, I did. I um, I was actually a manager for Red Lobster. And when I was in my training, one of the things that they uh, talked to us was about customer service and how to deal with angry customers. And so here is our strategy for being flexible with this. Okay. So when you're dealing with someone who is angry, they're unhappy, you need to think leap, L-E-A-P, leap. And here's what leap stands for. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to listen, not interrupt, not say anything back. You're just going to listen and let them vent. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to empathize. You're going to say, I completely understand where you're coming from. If it was me in my situation, I would be the exact same way that you are. The third thing you're going to do is you're going to apologize. I'm so sorry. I I hate that this happened to you. I'm very sorry for for this. And the last thing is you're going to problem solve. And so you're going to offer some different solutions to whatever the problem is. But guys, here's the thing. Sometimes your solutions are not going to work. So here's my trick. At the end of the day, you're going to ask them, how can I fix it? What can I do to make this better? And you're going to place that back on them because some of the times they just really wanted to vent to you and there's really no solution to it, right? And you have to make them realize that there's not much that can be done, but you just needed this opportunity to be heard. And so problem solve at the end. And if you can't problem solve, if you can't come up with a solution, ask them how you can make it better. And a lot of the times you're going to have a happy person that leaves at the end of the day. So Here's the last thing that we want to leave you with is to call them. Call parents. Please don't do things through email. If it's something that can feel like you can feel the tension in there, take a moment, just call them. Don't do everything through that email. A lot of the times them just hearing your voice, hearing your concern, hearing how much you want to really help them um, can really take away any of those misunderstandings, those misinterpretations. And right now more than ever, we need to really making to make sure that our parents um understand where we're coming from and that we really do just want to help at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think we miscounted at the beginning. I think we originally said we were going to do four, but in reality we have five, but we'll do this last one pretty quickly. So the last area we want to talk about is coworkers, because once again, like parents, coworkers are all feeling stressed. They're all feeling overwhelmed. They're all feeling frustrated. And again, they may take this out on us or they might just need that time to rant. And again, they trust us as their coworkers to hear their rant and to maybe offer them advice. However, if a coworker is being overly negative, you can't let that affect you. And you might, you know, listen and not really try to offer any advice or a solution. Just listen to them. But keep in mind, you don't always know someone's situation. So even though you're hearing this person be really negative and you're like, oh, like, oh, they're not really that fun to be around. Keep in mind, you don't know their situation. And this is true for parents, students, everyone. I recently had the privilege of hearing Bob Goff um, as a keynote speaker. And he shared this story about his Boston Red Sox hat. And basically, he 
was wearing a Boston Red Sox hat and he was in a New York airport. And so obviously people were like not happy with him and they were hissing at him. And he shared with us that that hat had actually belonged to his neighbor who had passed away from cancer. And one of her last wishes was for him to continue wearing his hat and have it kind of live on. So it just goes to show you, like, you don't know everything about everyone. And so if a coworker is being overly negative, just keep that in the back of your mind. And we don't really want to partake in that negative, that negative negativity that's kind of your being, um, oh, I'm going to, I screwed it up. So I'm going to go back. And we don't want to partake in negative behaviors, right? Or negative discussions. We don't really want to add that fuel to the fire. So while they're sitting there and they're telling you all of these different things, you can just simply keep it positive and just kind of keep neutral. Allow them to talk. Say, I understand where you're coming from. Or you can say words like, I know that this is really difficult for you right now. And then at the very end of it, you can ask what you can do to help. It goes back to that whole leap situation. A lot of the times they know that there's not a solution to the problem right now. They just need to let it out. But by you kind of staying neutral in the situation, you're not partaking with the negativity and therefore it's not going to kind of stick to you. All right, that is going to wrap it up. We mentioned earlier our digital teacher planner. And this is truly Bridget and I's baby. We love it so much. If you all are interested in trying it out, make sure you head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash store. We actually have a free version that you can try before you buy and figure out if it's going to work for you. And then Bridget and I also have created tutorial videos. Bridget created a tutorial video for the PDF version, which is used best on an iPad, but you can use it on a computer as well. And then I do a tutorial of the Google Slides version. So you can watch both of those videos and figure out which which version is going to be best for you. And then while you're on our website, go ahead and submit your time-sucking hurdle. We would love to know what is really taking away your time as we are teaching in a pandemic, unprecedented times. Yeah. And don't forget, guys, to leave us a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers that are out there. Um, So thank you all for those of you who have left us reviews. We really do enjoy reading them. So until next time, guys. Be timely. Stay organized. And be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.